Welcome in, everybody, to a beautifully sunny conference room Yeah. here at the UC Health Training Center, the headquarters of the world champion Denver Broncos for the inaugural edition, the very first episode of 5280 Football. This podcast, of course, presented by 5280 Sports Network and 5280sportsnetwork.com. I am, uh, I think my, the business card says host slash writer slash columnist slash part-time janitor, uh, Jake Marsing. I'm uh, literally checking my card now to see sit, to see the titles I have. Sitting across the table from me is, uh, what, what is the title, Ryan uh, Green? Only video producer and host. Oh, there you so, go. Video producer and host. Yeah. That's fancy. You should put host in front of video producer. You're, I am host and video producer. There you go. Ryan, Ryan Green uh, joins uh, me here, as he will hopefully every week, for 5280 Football. We're going to talk on this show mostly about the Denver Broncos. Let's be honest. That's what The our, only thing anyone cares about. Right? Like, <laughs> who cares about the other 31 teams in the yeah. NFL? We'll also hit on the AFC West pretty regularly, talk about the other teams in the Broncos division. But at the end of every show, we are going to pick each and every NFL game and uh, for those of you that know my work a little bit, a game that I like to call Who You Got. We're going to play some Who You Got, right? Oh, okay. So we'll track those throughout the season, and then we'll decide who is the better, more knowledgeable NFL oh, prognosticator. Bring out the competitive nature in me. I, I know you're it. better at fantasy than I am. Yeah. Because you, you're you leading I lit it up. the fantasy league you and I are both in you know. over the last week. So we'll talk about that on a later episode. <laughs> but hey, we are here at Dove Valley at the UC Health Training Center, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Because the Denver Broncos are just days removed from a 21 to 20 victory over the Carolina Panthers in a Super Bowl rematch that opened the NFL season, I haven't really gotten a chance to talk to you about that game. What do you think about uh, the old Denver Broncos there? Man, uh, slow start I think is is yeah. an acceptable term for at least the defense. The offense came out hot, which was a, a little surprising for me. Uh, but the, but you know, starting off any game with two turnovers, you're Pretty lucky to still win, uh, you know, to for the Broncos to even be in position and to have a late lead like that and have the Panthers try and fight back to win the game. That's something that's a positive for you. Uh, I, again, I thought the defense looked a little shaky at, at first and even on the last drive. Especially in I was the like, secondary. Yeah, especially yeah. in the secondary. But after halftime, they looked like the defense we all knew. It looked like Cam Newton was just a little more lost than he was in the first half. It looked yeah. like the defense was flying around more, maybe just a little more aggressive on the line. Maybe they just wore him down. Who knows? But it it was a tale of two halves on the defense for me. Yeah, absolutely right. And Chris Harris said as much after the game in the, in the postgame in the locker room. He said, you know, that was not us mm-hmm. uh, in that first half. And they did get things a lot tighter in the second half. Von Miller started getting home a little bit more. Demarcus right. Ware had a really nice game. He had two sacks in that game. Mm, Looked yeah. really good. I think putting him on a play count is going to work out really well because right. you'll wind up getting the best of Demarcus Ware mm. as opposed to maybe a, a lesser, older version of Demarcus Ware. But yeah, uh, not a game I expected the Broncos to win, quite frankly. And frankly, they shouldn't have, have won. Right. Graham Gano misses the kick at the end of the game that would have yeah. won it for the Panthers. But that's how the dice roll sometimes in the National Football League. Look at the other AFC West teams. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, talk, about, we'll talk about them in a second. But I thought the, the big takeaway for me, and this is what I wrote about in my postgame piece on 5280sportsnetwork.com, was... So many of the questions that surrounded the Broncos this season had to do pretty much with one guy, Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon, uh, the starting quarterback for for this team who spoke uh, just a little while ago here at the UCL Training Center. I thought Trevor performed exceptionally well. For the situation for the game, 
he played he was the one of the least one of the players I had to worry about least that day. He yeah. right from his little uh screen to DT the first play I was like, "All right, he's calm. He is calm, you know. Everyone talks about how calm he is and I don't think enough sports writers overuse the word poise about him last week. That's the um, word. Yeah, that was the that's, word. That's, that's the that's buzzword for him. But when you see that on your first NFL snap to bring it back down as the guy's jumping up and then sidearm it, uh, he won me over a little bit there. He won me over a little bit with the runs uh, for first downs, especially you know on third downs. Uh, but you can't ignore he had – the one I'm gonna ignore the tip ball, but the one interception he was severely underthrown too. I think he was going. I don't even. Manual. I don't even give him much, much. You know what? For for that one, he's under pressure. <laughs> Devontae Booker, who's in pass protection on that play, totally misses a block. Right. He has to throw off his back foot, and he kind of short arms it. I agree. If he gets, if he's able to get enough on it, it's probably a touchdown. Right. Um, or bite it. Yeah, or or just take the sack. That that would have been a play that Peyton Manning would have taken a sack on. A and everybody, sack, yeah. yeah, and everybody would have hated him for it, but it would have won. Right. Because that was first and ten. Uh, right. It, it's a tough pick to throw. And again, sure. first game, it's not like, oh, all right, where's Paxton already? Yeah. It, it's not that. It's just like, all right, well, maybe in the same situation he checks down or just, again, eats it or whatever. It, it but, sounds like I was a lot higher on him than you were. Um, I, yes, I, I, I have no qualms about that. It, it, coming into the season, I was like, all right, w- what is this seventh round pick out of Northwestern really going to do? I, yeah. I, I have called him, you know, Kyle Orton 2.0. I think he's a little faster than Kyle Orton. Um, but he, he, he doesn't want that out there, by the way. He doesn't yes. want us to, to be talking about him being athletic. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Well, it, it, it worked for him in the first game. It did. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I hadn't seen enough from him to say, yes, he should be leading this team and he's the one that will get us to possibly a second Super Bowl in two years. But at least I just wanted him to look like a confident quarterback and he definitely exceeded those expectations. I think he looked really good, a lot better than I expected him to look. And I think he could have a big game this weekend mm-hmm. against yeah. the Indianapolis Colts who are coming to town. We'll do a little more of an in-depth preview on that game here in just a minute. But Chuck Pagano spoke to the media about Trevor this morning, he got asked about Trevor, and he kind of highlighted a lot of the things that I've felt about Trevor Simeon, and that is that he is really a great fit for the Gary Kubiak mm-hmm. offense, and he's going to play within the offense. That's the key. He's right. not going to try and do crazy things, and right. he's going to do what Kubiak asks of him and the rest of the coaches ask of him. This was Pagano's quote, and I think it really describes Trevor Simeon to a T. He said, I saw a young man that looked like he's been playing for a long time. He's mature beyond his years. I think he managed the game well. I think he made good decisions. There's a couple of plays that he probably would have loved to have back. Uh, just like you and I said, but he went through his reads, went through his progressions. He's got arm talent. Obviously, he's bright and knows how to get him in the right play. Again, he was very efficient. He was accurate. He's athletic enough to extend uh, extend plays. He's a perfect fit for Kube's system. It reminds me of all the times I've had to coach Kube, uh, coach against Kube's in that offense. They do a great job. It's a great system, and it's extremely difficult to defend. Trev did a nice job. It looks like they've got someone who's more than capable. That was pretty glowing words from from uh, Chuck Pagano, the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Colts. I think most of them are pretty fitting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't disagree with anything said there. And when you truly look at a Kubiak offense, all you want from the quarterback is to not lose the game. Yeah. You want the running game to really dictate, you know, 
tempo, all that stuff, but you, you, you never really see the quarterback in a position, with, uh, unless they're behind, but you never really see the quarterback winning the game in a Coop system. It's truly a balanced offense that will give it, them a It's lead. an offense that says, all right, let's get out to a lead, and then let's right. sit on this lead they as long as They have a defense that can do that. It's a frustrating It's frustrating to watch sometimes, oh, yeah. but it's it's the right way, or it's the way that uh, the, the Kubiak offense works, and it has worked for two decades now. Uh, Ryan, one of the other stories that came out of the game was the decision by linebacker Brandon Marshall mm-hmm. uh, to kneel during the national anthem, part of kind of a, a national trend right now of yeah. these NFL guys who are uh, protesting social injustice as they see it mm-hmm. uh, through the use of, of, of these anthem protests. Uh, Marshall came out today, said he he met with the Denver police chief yesterday. Mm-hmm. He came out today, said he's going to donate $300 for every tackle he makes uh, towards charities uh, and towards trying to solve problems. Good as thing he you got that them. raise. Yeah, um, for him, that would be about $25,000 if he matches his total. Pretty so good. that could be a great thing. What I'm not going to ask you what your take mm-hmm. on the anthem protest is, because right. I think everybody, that can become kind of a hot take for yeah. me. This we'll issue, save it for a political podcast. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> for me this issue, though, is is kind of bigger because I think the root of the issue here with a lot of people is they don't really like to see their athletes speak up and speak out like this. And I, I wrote an op-ed, again, at 52AsportsNetwork.com, where you know I, I mentioned that, and Marshall said it, and the quote is that, you know, we're, we're smart. We're educated people. All us football players went to college. We have opinions, but people don't really like to hear us speak them. They'd rather just entertain them. And I think that's kind of the root of all the uh, the, the anger here from people. Right. Maybe you disagree. Adam. Absolutely. I I think it's almost kind of like what we're doing now. It's where it, they came for football. They yeah. Didn't, they didn't come for political statements. And I get that. But I think Brandon Marshall – is not the first Brandon Marshall people have heard of. And so I think when they saw him do that, they immediately had some stereotypical things where they thought about his character. And I don't know one media member in uh, who covers the Broncos that would have a bad thing to say about Brandon Marshall. He's nope. very soft-spoken, very intelligent. You can hear it when he talks. So I have a feeling that he just thought this out. And what actually surprised me the most was how much attention he got. You know, Kaepernick was doing this in the preseason, and, and I thought it would just become a list of players. Uh, yeah. who, who followed him. But he even got, you know, Bill O'Reilly talking about him. So that was what actually surprised me. It was like, oh, all right, well, he accomplished it in some ways. He lost some sponsorships, you know, as well. They had a guy burning a Brandon Marshall T-shirt outside the headquarters. So I, I was actually just surprised at how really emotional people are still about this this whole conversation. And... um I'm one of those where it's just, you know, you speak your mind. I, I've come from a, a pretty nice background. I don't have much to complain about, but I'm I'm willing to hear people's stories. And it looks like Brandon Marshall met with the the police chief of Denver, Chief White. Um, I don't know if maybe just a blog written about the inju- social injustice would have gotten him that. So yeah. it's it's I, I think both sides have a fair point. Um, but it's yeah, it, it, that's just I'll leave it at that. I, I can't speak to what Brandon Marshall's experience has mm-hmm. been or what any because I'm a I'm a overweight white dude I, I I've lived, <laughs> I'm I'm doing okay yeah. uh, in terms of social I got a speeding ticket I had to pay a couple weeks ago but I didn't I didn't when I got that speeding ticket I didn't feel like I there was some kind of I was in any kind of danger 
Right. I don't I don't know that experience. So I can't right. speak to Brandon Marshall and, and his opinion. What I can say is that I think if an athlete has an opinion mm-hmm. about something beyond football, that they have every right and they should come out and they should talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's what made Ali great. It's what made Jim Brown great. It's what made Kareem great. Yeah. All these guys who have come out and put themselves above sports to make – to use the stature that sports gives them for something that they believe in, even if that's something that I don't necessarily believe right. in. Like Derek Wolf on Instagram has gone mm-hmm. off on uh, on Hillary Clinton a couple of times, yeah. and you know that may you may disagree with that, you may not agree with that, but uh, he's done it. I think he has every right to do it, and I respect him for using his position as a person of, of some power and authority to come out and make those statements. I think that's perfectly fine, and more athletes should do it. Yeah, it seemed like. Uh, the response to him was, what do you have to complain about? You're an NFL player making millions. Yeah. I don't think he's taking that for granted. I think he wants to make sure the kid in his position that Brandon Marshall was in 10, 20 years ago doesn't have that same experience, you yeah. know, no matter what that was. And I think it's a national conversation. It's making headlines. It's getting people talking about it. Uh, but uh, I, I would just like to see some of it more substance-based rather than stand for the flag-based, you know? I, yeah, I, some I, of the I, opposition. You mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, there is some other football stuff going on, too. Demarius Thomas, wide receiver uh, for the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. is dealing right now with a little bit of a problem. Uh, he's got a hip injury. Yeah. Nobody's quite sure exactly what extent the hip injury is. I have been told that there is an issue with his labrum, uh, which is the, the, the muscle there on the hip. And he was out of practice today. He didn't practice on Monday, but he was out there today. Um he was limited, and just because he was out there doesn't mean that he looked great. He did not look great. He, yeah. at one time, he tried to make a hard cut on an in route during just just during the media viewing period, like the light light portion of practice, and he stumbled coming out of his cut, and then he just was patting like just just patting yeah. that hip, trying to work that muscle out because it's hurting him so much. He had to take a knee at one point. He was grimacing. It's only one practice so far that we've seen him, but he he may play this week, but I really have questions about how effective he's going to be, even if the Colts' secondary is banged up. This is something to watch. You, you know, the Broncos are one of the teams, if not the team, spending the most on the wide receiver position. And with the loss the, of by, DT... With, with Emmanuel now, with they Emmanuel, are number yeah. one. Okay, so, but with the loss of DT, that changes a lot of things. Emmanuel is great, He's a great receiver. He's a good downfield threat. I don't know if he can carry the one position, though. I don't know if he's that kind of game-changing receiver. I think he's got great speed, all of that. But Demarius Thomas is just a physical force that I don't think Benny Fowler or Cody Latimer are at that point yet. They're they're big receivers. They're just not what Demarius is. You need somebody on the other side of Emmanuel to draw the double team. Right, exactly. Emmanuel gets double teams every once in a while, but but DT is just such a physical, big target, and he's yeah. got great speed. And when he's, I mean, he looked slow today. I mean, even for six, right. going sixty percent in practice, he looked like he was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he will play this week because I think the coaching staff believes he's good enough to go. I can't, you know, obviously speculate too much at this point, uh, but. I would really question how effective he's going to be. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and it's to the point where you really think maybe this is the week you give him off uh, with with, with the, how yeah that, with all the injuries in the secondary that yeah. the Colts have. Maybe this is where you know 
because it doesn't look like Benny Fowler is going to be suiting up. Maybe yeah. this is where Cody Latimer and Jordan Taylor can excel because they're going to be playing guys almost off the street at this point. I don't know what the Colts are doing back there, but I know they've lost a ton. And Monte Davis is out. Yeah, most of their, yeah, most of their secondaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is, you know, something to watch where you go, all right, well, if Demarius is out, Benny Fowler's down. Now you're down to Manuel, you know, Cody, Jordan Taylor, Jordan Norwood. That's not a that's not a terribly dangerous group of receivers uh, on the on the outside, I guess. We'll we'll see what they do when they actually start playing the game. But uh, in a it, it's weird that Trevor Simeon is is basically starting two games where him throwing the ball would mean that the Broncos probably win if he throws it effectively because of the secondaries that he's facing. Um, and we heard Trevor and CJ talk about how good the Colts front seven is. So it could come down to who the wide receivers are and how they play for the Broncos on Sunday. Speaking of uh, wide receivers, Keenan Allen goes out for the San Diego Chargers man. with an ACL. I liked him. I like Keenan Allen, too. Um, for the San Diego Chargers, who – how do they lose that game? I mean, you're up 20 – was it 21 nothing? It was – I think it was 24 to 3. 24 to 3, and then they wind up giving up that game in Arrowhead. And that's kind of – I think that's going to be a precursor of how the Chargers season goes the rest of the way. Chargers right now on the odd man out on what is, after one week, a three-way tie in the AFC West. Broncos technically on top there based on their opponent. The Raiders and the Chiefs, I really like the Oakland Raiders. I love – their defense was pretty awful, um, but against Drew Brees, I don't know how much – and Brandon Cooks, I don't Mm -hmm. know how much you can can really – how much – uh, you can put on them for that. Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Khalil Mack, that is a top-flight roster on paper. And if and I think Jack Del Rio's ability to show you know the huevos, as we've talked about kind right. of all week. Right. He did last week. Uh, to come out and really make a statement that, that we're here to win football games. Mm-hmm. We're not here to play close. We're not here to play it for tides. We're not here to play foxball. We're here to try and win football games and they did on on uh, on Sunday and I think they're going to be set up to do it a lot this year. Yeah, they have young talent and really for the Raiders I think it's more when they'll be great rather than if they'll be great. I think we we are seeing a future Raiders team that is going to give us some problems. And yeah. honestly, I like that. The Raiders Broncos rivalry has been stale the past decade, you know, with the Raiders being so bad. I haven't Hated them. It's and it's hating someone when they're down. It's like, ah, come on, do something to you, make me hate you again. You make a great point about them being great for a long time mm-hmm. because the Raiders, all their core talent is like within their first three years in the it's league. It's almost like and the Broncos. They're all super young. Yeah. And they, I mean, the Broncos are a little bit older. The Broncos, like Vaughn is in his sixth year, right. I think, seventh, fifth year. Uh, but Derek Carr, 2014. Amari Cooper, I think, 2014. 2014, 2014, 2015, yeah, yeah, 2015, Cleo Mack, 2015. I mean, they have all this super young talent in their core that's going to make them a threat the NFC West for a very long time. Uh, We don't have to talk too much about the Chiefs because who wants to talk very much about the Chiefs? Yeah. Um, But they, I don't think they're as good as most people thought they were. The Chiefs are like what they've been. They've been a good team, They're but like you 10, know, 6, 11, and 5. yeah, exactly. And I think that's the same type of team you're going to get this year. That if they don't make the playoffs because they lost Week 17, which they are very capable of doing, then they'll be a first round out. I just 
There's just nothing there, – there was no addition. You know, it wasn't like, oh, look at all this young talent that the yeah. Chiefs have that could rise, like the Raiders. It's like, oh, they still have Alex Smith. They still have a banged-up Jamal Everybody Charles. Everybody just got a year older. Exactly. And they, yeah. I mean, they'll be a good team because I think Andy Reid's a good coach. They've got good talent. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith is probably an underrated quarterback. Had a great game, especially in the second half over the weekend. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be a good team. They may be a playoff team. I think – I think there may be three AFC West playoff teams. I could easily see that. Um, I, I just would think the, it's probably I think the, the Chiefs would scare me the least if I played them in the playoffs. That's and that's uh, that's a I, lot I'd to be, say after week I'd one. Be, I'd be more scared of the Raiders. Yes, and I'm and I'm again. I want to see more football from both before I'm actually saying okay, they are trash or yep. not. But it's. It, the Chiefs are kind of like what I thought they were. The Chargers are kind of what they thought they were, and the Raiders are still a wild card for me. I need to see more games out of them. Did you say that they weren't trash? Uh, I don't. I can't call them trash yet. Okay. Speaking of trash, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. hi Let's talk about – look, the Colts are a terrible football team from Dang. 2 to 53. Oof. Well, from like 3 to 53. If this mic wasn't hot enough. There's like 3 to 53. They're a All terrible right. football team. But they've got this one guy <laughs> who is exceptional, to use Gary Kubiak's word. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Luck, I, I watched the Lions game that they played, the, their loss to the Lions, three times. And I got kind of violently angry <laughs> because Andrew Luck is so good. And everything around him is horrendous. His receivers are so-so is Frank Gore is 103 years old. He's yeah. trying, but yeah. there's nothing there for him. Their offensive line is garbage. Their secondary is bad, even <laughs> when it's healthy, and it's not healthy right now. Their front seven is okay. I like to quell Jackson. Um, but Andrew Luck might be – I mean, I'm writing – I'm working on a piece. It should be up at 5280SN by the time you hear this. I'm working on a piece kind of how comparing John Elway – to Andrew Luck in that Elway had to carry the Broncos teams of the 80s and 90s, which mm-hmm. were not very good teams. He put them on their back and he dragged them mm-hmm. basically single-handedly to three Super Bowls, I think seven playoff bursts and five division championships in the 80s and 90s before Davis showed up and before right. the, the late 90s yeah. teams that won Super Bowls. Elway did that by himself. Mm-hmm. They're asking Andrew Luck to do that by himself, and he is, just might be good enough. Luck has torn the Broncos apart in the four games that he's played. Yeah. He's 3-1 and one against them, averages about 285 yards passing, two touchdowns, one pick is his average game against the Broncos. He had one game that he threw for almost 400 yards. Yeah. This guy is an insanely gifted quarterback. He, like, I like to say that if, and then I'll, I'll let you go on this. I like to say that if you, like, if you're going to build a quarterback in Madden, mm-hmm. like create a player mode, the guy that you build looks a lot like Andrew Luck. He is a perfect quarterbacking specimen right rant over and i i think you're dead on with the elway comparisons people want to compare him to manning because he wears a colts jersey but he, it's, he's it's not manning not, they're different he's not they're manning different. and so when you say he's got a little bit of Peyton in him but yeah, yeah so when you say he he tore up the broncos defense he didn't tear it up like manning used to do it it wasn't surgical andrew luck is the frustrating and it, it was what elway was he was frustrating when they have third and ten you go all right we're gonna get the ball back he does something, and it's not third and ten anymore. It's first down for him. And it's that frustrating, gosh, we almost had him. And and it even even when he got hurt in last year's regular yep. season game, he still came in and did Andrew Luck things where it's like, gosh, if it, it was if it was Jim Sorgi back there, the Broncos would have won. And he's 
like you said, he's doing so much with so little. And it's it's so funny to hear and I'm sure Skip Bayless is is the one I'm thinking of, but I've heard people Who? were like Skip Bayless? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I, heard. It, your life is better off. Um but where it's like <laughs> Where they're honestly considering if Andrew Luck is not a bust, but a disappointment as is what he, you know, he was coming out of college. He was, he was the next Elway. It's but that's the thing wrong. is that he he really is the next Elway. He's been playing with nothing around him. Nothing. T.Y. Hilton is his best receiver he's hey, had. He's probably a good number two. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I, like, I, I'm with you. Andrew Luck is just a quarterback you have to respect because he's so good and he can make anything around him better. But at the same time, he's going to need some Elway-like performances to get his team to a Super Bowl, especially nowadays. You know, it's yeah. just it seems just much more difficult to do that as a as a superstar. I think it's really important that Broncos fans understand, even though they're probably going to win this game, and we'll pick it here in a minute. But even though they're probably going to win this game, it's not going to be easy because because right. Andrew Luck is exceptional and he is going to do things in this game. You mentioned how you know it can be third and ten and then you think all of a sudden you've got him beat and then he'll come back and beat you. Great mm-hmm. example of exactly that. They're I think they're down like twenty four ten or something like that mm-hmm. in this last weekend's game. Colts Lions. It's third down and ten. They've had a holding penalty. They've had or maybe it was third and twenty. I need to go back and check it. They've had a holding penalty mm-hmm. and an incomplete pass. That led to uh, th- that's led to a third down situation in the third quarter of the Lions game. Go back mm-hmm. and watch it, and it's incredible watching the coach's film because he sees that the Lions are rushing from the right side. They're sending extra blitzers. Right. He brings his tight end in to protect, and he he's in the gun already. But he takes the snap, and then he takes about a five step drop uh-huh. after that because he knows his line is so awful. <laughs> he's got to step way back. Yeah. And he just, and sure enough, the edge pressure comes around, the line gets beat, but he steps up through mm-hmm. it, basically throws on one foot this 51-yard, just freaking dime of a throw to, I think, 15. He will do that three or four times every game, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun to watch as a fan of football. Right. And the Broncos have to find a way to shut that down as best as possible to put pressure on him. Interior pressure is going to be key in this game for him because he's not that vulnerable to edge pressure. Most of his drops aren't as deep as that one was. Uh, I I think the Broncos are going to face challenges purely because of that quarterback. Yeah. Well, luckily for you, if history repeats itself and uh, Colts, the Colts drafting a number one quarterback usually ends up on the Broncos. So you may have an Andrew Luck jersey here. I'm such a fan of that guy. I love that guy. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and pick these games. You want to go ahead All and pick right, these let's games? Do it. Let's get out of here. Um, so the one we're going to do, folks, is we're going to pick every game through the rest of the season. So for us, it'll be 16 weeks worth of games. We'll do it every week. We're not going to do it right now. Not going to pick every game in the season right now. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. We're not going to pick all 300 <laughs> games right now. We'll be here until Tuesday. So let's go ahead and pick quickly each one of these games. It's called. It's a little game that I like to call "Who You Got." Ryan, let's start. Uh, Jets at Bills. At Bills? I like the Bills. I got the Bills. I'm taking the Jets on that okay. one. Uh, Saints at Giants. Oh, I'm going to go Giants. I, I liked them against the Cowboys. I think I'll take the Giants, too. I think yeah. I'll go with you on that one. Titans at the Lions. Ooh, I think Lions are going to ride a hot streak. This is an interesting game. I could see the Titans pulling this out, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll take the Lions as well. Uh, Cowboys at Washington. I think Dak gets his first win. I'm going to say I like that. I'm yeah. going to say, I, I, I like that. No, I like that. You get it? I like that. I'm going to go Washington. 
Um, it took you a second. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go Washington though. here. I think the Cowboys are awful. I think Dak Prescott is overrated, and I think Kirk Ooh. Cousins gets a win at home. All right. Um, Chiefs at Texans. The least amount of care for a Broncos fan in terms of a game to watch. I'll watch this uh, I, Is that at Houston? It's at Houston. I like Houston. I'll take them. I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, Dolphins at Patriots. Patriots. Patriots are going to go four now, aren't they? Which is so Brady sad. Gets back. It just angers me. Tom Brady. I'm going to write. I'm going to save this for when the Patriots come to Denver later in the season. Tom Brady's a system quarterback. If he I, doesn't wind up with Belichick, it's, he. We never hear of him. He I'll agree that if if, if Tom Brady was on the Chiefs, I don't think Tom Brady has four Super Bowl nope. wins. But at the same time, I don't think Bill Belichick has four Super Bowl wins without Tom well, Brady. We'll, we'll talk about it in like right. week twelve or whenever they cool. show up. All right, Ravens at Browns. Cleveland at Cleveland. Oh, gosh. I wasn't impressed by what the Ravens did last week. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns got a win out of this. Are you going to pick the Browns? I'm going to pick the Browns, man. Uh, I'm going to pick the Ravens because I'm not insane. Uh, <laughs> 49ers at Panthers. This one shouldn't be. Panthers. I'll take the Panthers, too. The 49ers are a terrible team, despite what you saw on Monday Night Football. They may be the... the I think it's a week one thing. I think it's a week... It's, there's always one... I don't think one, the Rams are that bad, but I don't There's think always the one weird week one game that you look back on at the end of the season, and you're like, how did that happen? It was the same with the 49ers last season, yeah. and they beat the Vikings. I'll take uh, the Panthers at home. Pretty by a couple scores. Uh, Bengals at Steelers. Ooh, I want to watch this game. Uh, at Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'll take uh, at Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, Steelers. I'll go Steelers. Um, I'll take the Steelers as well. Okay. Uh, Buccaneers at Cardinals. Bucks were the ones I was one of the most impressed about in terms of week one performances. Jameis Winston looked great. I'm gonna go. Nah, I'll go Cardinals. <laughs> I'll 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 get the Bucks all hyped up, but I'll go Cardinals. I like me some Jameis, even though I don't like him as a person. Oh. I like me some. Uh... I've liked him lately. I think oh. he's been good. I like me some Jameis. I like me. Some Noah Spence, their pass rush. Yeah. I'm going to take the Bucks. Seahawks at Rams. Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, Falcons at Raiders. I think the Falcons get them. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. Okay. I don't know. I understand it, but I think the Falcons get them. Jaguars at Chargers. Ugh. I actually like the Jaguars, so I'm going to pick the Jaguars. The Jags almost beat the Packers. Yeah. I'm going to take the Jags in this game. That's pretty cool. I like me some, some play forwards. I, I, I like that. Packers at Vikings. Ooh. Sunday night football. Sam and Bradford at Minnesota? Plan? Yeah, Minnesota. if Sam Bradford plays, I think Minnesota wins. But who are you pick? I'm picking the Packers. I can't go against Aaron Rodgers. I just can't. That's fair. Monday Night Football, Eagles at Bears. Eagles. I think it's a good game, I but I think Eagles. I, I, think, I think Carson Wentz gets another win. I, I, I'll all pick right. the Eagles as well. And lastly, the Indianapolis Colts travel to Denver. Take on the Denver Broncos. Who you got in this ballgame? I think Broncos get it, but it's not, like you said, it's not going to be an easy win. So, what, 30, 20? Yeah, 30 to 20. Let's leave it 30, 20. I'll, I'll take the Broncos here as well. I think Andrew Luck has a really nice day. Give me the Broncos 24-27 okay. to win this ballgame. All right. All right, folks, that's it. Week one, or week two, I guess it would be. Of, week uh, one of our podcast. Week one of our podcast. Yeah. 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's 5280 football. Jake Marsing, mm-hmm. Ryan Edwards. We'll talk to you next week. Ryan Until Green. Ryan Green. You're yeah. not Ryan Edwards. Just, that's the other <laughs> I like guy. Ryan Edwards, too. And there's Ryan Koenigsberg. We got a lot of Ryans. There are a lot of Ryans that come in this building yeah. a lot. Ryan Green, Jake Marsing. Until next time, don't do anything I wouldn't do.